Welcome to the So What Do You Do podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Today we talk with Rachel and we hear about her background in getting her master's in counseling and taking that degree to the higher education field. She actually works for a grant that serves underprivileged students and first generation students. Our conversation really touches all different areas of what she does. We learn about what she actually does every day, her role as an instructor at the university, but also working with these students one-on-one. If you are someone who loves helping people and really just wants to help people in your career, this is absolutely the episode for you. So without any further ado, let's talk to Rachel. I'm so excited for y'all to meet her. So Rachel, please introduce yourself and tell us what do you do? Hi, yes. Um, So I'm a provisional licensed professional counselor working at a federally funded grant program at the college level. And I work with college students that are first generation, low income, and or have a disability. Wow. Okay. So you are, you are working towards your license. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but essentially you are in this world of counseling at the higher education level, Mm -hmm. specifically working with first gen and who else? What are, what are the other categories under that as well? Yeah, so first generation, we um, define that as students who uh, their parents have not graduated from a four-year institution. Okay. Um, so that encompasses a lot more students than most people think of. Um, we also student uh, work with students that um, come from a low-income background, which typically means that they qualify for a Pell Grant. Um, and then we also um, work with students that are registered at our university's disability services. Okay, got it. So that's kind of the umbrella of students that you work with. We're going to talk about what working with them means, of course. But before we get there, because you, you, I know you and I know your background, but I want my listeners to understand just the different steps that you've taken to get here. So tell us about where you went to school, undergrad, what did you study? And then if you went and got your master's, where and what did you study? Yeah, so I went to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Um, I have my undergrad in psychology, so um, kind of broke with tradition and got a, a liberal arts degree from an engineering school. Um, gotta love to be different. Of course. And um, then I went and got um, my master's in mental health counseling. Um, I had done some kind of exploration in undergrad trying to figure out I knew I wanted to help people um, but that's a very large area to go into Um, and so I decided counseling was kind of my thing Um, and then after graduating um, with my master's um, I relocated and kind of found this wonderful wonderful world of higher ed and the joys that come along with it. Okay so you obviously live in Baton Rouge here in the same place as me We both went to Georgia Tech, but took very different paths. Like you said, you got a liberal arts degree, psychology, which I was a business student. I also did not go the engineering route. So we both, you know, were black sheep, which served us well. Um, But so you said, okay, I want to help people. And what does that mean? A little bit of self-discovery led you to counseling, which I'm sure many of my listeners are probably, you know, raising Mm -hmm. their hand saying, yes, I want to help people. 
I, that sounds cool. I want to learn more about what she does. And I love that you kind of say, well, then I found this world of higher <laughs> ed because it is different, which is why I wanted to talk to you and kind of get your perspective on, yes, it's counseling. And yes, mm-hmm. you have a degree in mental health counseling, but it's different than what you mm-hmm. think about going to, you know, private practice or, you know, a slew of other things. And so Absolutely. Again, before we get into like what that actually means, and we will sit there for a second, what about coming to higher ed was attractive to you? Like what about it got you excited coming from your master's program to what you're doing now? Yeah. So if you had asked me my first year of my grad program, which my grad program was um, 60 credit hours, two years. Um, So it was a great, you know, short kind of um, stint in grad school, which I loved. Um, if you had asked me my first year, I would have told you I wanted to do private practice and I wanted to work with kids. So nothing what I'm doing right now. Um, and I had that experience in my internship and it was a great learning experience. Um, but I realized that it it just really wasn't for me. Um, and so I started applying, um, in a new city, which is always an interesting thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and started getting a feel for the different opportunities, um, and something that was really, really important with me was fi- or important to me was finding an employer that had similar values. Mm-hmm. Um, in counseling, you it's just a really important thing. There's just so many ethical things that you need to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want an employer that's gonna support you in that. And so um, I knew that um, a university, really understands that. Right. Um, and the, the different jobs I was applying to at the college level, um, just kind of brought the ethical and the value side that I was really looking for. Um, I find boundaries really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's typically, um, something that they're also, you know, really into. Um, and then working at a college level is great because you're working with college students, which is fun. Mm -hmm. You have all the perks of, you know, the fun things of college. There's just that energy on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the, you know, being employed by a university, um, you know, you get, now you don't get summers, but you, (laughs) you could, but you know, most people don't, most people it's a 12 month employment, but, um, you get, you know, the holiday breaks and around here we get Mardi Gras and when do you ever (laughs) get Mardi Gras for, you know, a day off. So you get some perks like that, that are fun. Um, so you just kind of get to enjoy the, the college energy. Um, but like at a professional level. Well, you know, I'm like all about the college student, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I can completely relate. And I'm sure for you, like you said, I, I, I want to go back to what you said about when I started my master's degree, or even after that first year, Mm -hmm. you thought you wanted to be in private practice, working with kids you had the experience and just decided that was not for you. And that is okay. That is Mm -hmm. so normal. That is probably more common than not to think you want to do something, be in a graduate program and then kind of take a step back and realize that yes, you can still move forward in the program, but maybe the outcome is going to look a little different. Um, So I, I love, I love hearing stories that pivot and turn because that's so many of our stories. And I will say that like, even though I was getting a master's in mental health counseling, you would think, okay, you're getting a master's. You're going to know everything about the field. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that you could take my degree and go into higher ed. Mm. 
even like when I was walking across the, st- the stage at graduation, I had no idea. Right. And so when you graduate, you think you know what's out there. And then really when you start that job exploration and applying and all that, you realize that there are areas that you can go into mm-hmm. that no one ever really talked about. So, right. you know, just definitely keeping that open and keeping your mind open that there's lots of different opportunities. And, you know, that's such a good point. And it's that's true regardless of what yes. you do. And and that could be a whole nother podcast, a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm so glad you mentioned that because no one tells you that. First mm-hmm. of all, people tell you that, but it's not super helpful because you're like, well, great. I just got this degree, but I don't know what to do with it. And I think right. I want to use it, but I don't know how. So I'm so glad that you're kind of opening up this door for us a little bit to say, this is what I do. And this is what that means. Mm-hmm. Right. So perfect transition into our second section of the podcast, which is what do you actually do? And so what I would love is if you could just walk us through your everyday um, or whatever is most comfortable for you to kind of explain what it is you do if you're telling your best friend after work one day. Yeah. Okay. So just to preface this, I wear a lot of different hats and that's honestly why I love my job. Um, so of course I wear like my counselor advisor hat. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I daily am meeting with students, college students, um, who are working towards graduating. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we talk about everything from their degree audit. So like the nitty gritty of what classes they need to graduate Mm -hmm. all the way through, you know, we talk about jobs, we talk about major changes, we talk about, um, you know, their current classes and how to be successful in those classes. And then, of course, we also talk about, you know, they're not just a student, they're, you know, a sibling and a friend and a boyfriend. And so we talk about their personal life as too as well. So um, we kind of get to talk about the whole student, mm-hmm. which I think is really effective when you're trying to support a student through college. Um, so I get to be kind of the academic side and then I also wear an instructor hat. So I teach a two credit hour, um, course, a student success course. Um, we kind of focus on, um, what y'all would, would you would, would fourth would call life skills. Right. Um, we talk a a lot about, um, you know, just these skills that they need to master in college that are going to be beneficial when Mm -hmm. they graduate study skills, things like that. Right. Um, And so I kind of balance the two. So a regular day, you know, I start off 8 a.m. checking my email and, you know, depending on the day, that could be a lot or there aren't many days that there are just a few, but, you know, there's some (laughs) good days uh, like that. Um, But, you know, answering um, emails, following up with, um, you know, kind of the programming side of our of our grant Um, and then just kind of being a support for students wherever they kind of need that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course, um, throughout a normal semester, I teach three times a week. Um, and depending on the semester, that's normally in person. So, yeah. um, So when you're, when you say you come to your desk and you've got emails, are those typically from students requesting to meet? Is it with your internal team? Does it, is it stuff to do with the grant that you are a part of? Like, What's typically the bulk of your inbox? The bulk of my inbox is definitely students. So like just this afternoon, we were talking about the semester's wrapping up. So students want to know their GPA. They want to talk about is their GPA still meeting the requirements to get into their senior college or to get into law school or, you know, hey, next semester, I need a GPA boost. What class should I take? (laughs) Um, Which is my least favorite question. Right. Um, So kind of answering those questions. And then 
obviously a majority of my like real day is spent meeting with students. Mm. Um, so, you know, we will meet in person. We discuss kind of where they're at, where can I help them? Where can I support them? And then, you know, we typically meet multiple times throughout the semester. My program is small. Um, so we are funded and, you know, our program is small. Mm-hmm. We are funded for 288 students. Okay. So at a large university, our program is incredibly small, um, but that's a huge benefit because we really get to know students. I knew I know students' names and faces, mm-hmm. but I also know their major and their career goals, and I know a lot about their family and the things that they struggle with. So mm-hmm. um, that allows me to really help advocate for them um, and to kind of understand what all is going on and to be a, a support for them. So Gotcha. Okay, so it is it is a lot meeting their needs and like you said, you know their names and their faces. And you, you think about, you know, you said 280, I think you said, right? Mm-hmm. And that is relatively small. When you think about a massive university, mm-hmm. that's a small percentage. But you're thinking about that percentage that is leaning on you mm-hmm. for support, whether that's academic personal, you know, emotional, all those things, which is great that they have you, right, Mm -hmm. to be there. But at the same time, um, you know, it makes total sense that your inbox is full, right? Because that's not a small, (laughs) small number when you're talking about, I know their name and their face and their major and, you know. And that's program-wide. So we have 288 program-wide. So I don't have all 288, but, you know, it is, it's still a lot of students. It's still, even if you had 50 students with that you needed to know that closely, that is a lot. You but in, know? The, in the counselor world, I will say a ratio of a counselor to student ratio of 100 to, I mean, a 1 to 100, you're doing great. Okay. Doing great. Okay. Yeah. Got- Especially in the academic world. Sure. Um, okay. So you think about schools, you know, even K through 12, you know, yeah, that's... You would be doing really good you would with be doing one good. counselor to 100. Yeah. Okay, right, exactly. And so, and I know even for myself, I think about during my time at Georgia Tech, even just meeting with my advisors, mm-hmm. they were servicing a ton of students, yes. most of which they never even saw because they didn't have the bandwidth or those students didn't come, come and in. get, get right. office time or whatever that was. And so um, that that's helpful information. And so... Let me ask you this. When you took the role um, and you knew, you know, you kind of knew you'd be supporting these students, did you know you'd have to be teaching a class? I did. Actually, that's why I applied. I uh, I ended up applying to two different positions at this university, um, and both were very similar in terms of the kind of advising role. Yeah. Um, but the position that I have now within this federally funded grant program had kind of all the different hats. Um, and one of the hats was teaching this class. And I thought that would be kind of cool. I had never taught. Of course, I'm not trained in education. Right. Um, but it was a fun challenge. I just wrapped up my eighth semester teaching this course, which that is, is crazy. unbelievable. Um, and every semester I get to add like new things to support these students. So I had um, someone come in talking about voter registration and and how to vote and I've added a money management component um because I was really seeing that these students kind of really needed that and so I I love being able to kind of meet my students where they're at add this information in so that they can kind of leave this class with information that they didn't have before so yeah and I think it's cool that you get to kind of work this muscle Mm -hmm. that you may or may not 
of known you even were ever going to do. Like you said, you saw exactly. you saw it on the job application or description yeah. or whatever, but you didn't like leave college thinking like I'm gonna go be a teacher, you know? And no. I think that that's so awesome. And I also think that's something that's really unique, a to the job that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's some there's something to be said about getting a counseling degree. And really being able to do with it what you want and, yes. and finding places that you can like double down in and get the experience because we all, myself included, I think about counseling and I think one thing. Yeah. I don't think about anything Think about else. that couch. You think about that couch, <laughs> that beloved couch that they ask you to lay down on and it's just, and that is great. That's a great occupation. 100%. That's a great choice, but that's not everything. No. And I, and I, I just, I love learning about just your progression of kind of how you thought about what you thought you wanted to do, ultimately what you're doing now, but even in what you're doing now, how you're continuing to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, always. you're always adding to your class. And I'm, and so I would venture to say, if you're someone who likes learning and, and being challenged in that way, then this could be a cool opportunity to, con- to look further into if counseling has been on your brain before, if you like helping people, if you're interested in higher ed, you know, and if you thought think teaching could be cool one day, I Absolutely. think it's it's kind of like all the different realms. It's really neat. And I will say that you don't have to have a counseling background to work with first of all federally funded grant programs, mm. and then specifically our grant falls under Trio grants, which all um, support this population okay. at different levels. So okay. you have Upward Bound at the high school level. You have Student Support Services in college, and you also have the McNair. Um, research scholars in college. And there's also additional grants that are under the TRIO um, umbrella. So it gets a little more complicated than that. But um, if you have a passion, if you're hearing this and you have a passion for um, kind of the population that we're talking about, um, this is a population that really isn't discussed very much in Mm -hmm. this like kind of college world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all about supporting students from high school all the way through essentially grad school um, to get what, you know, get the degree that they're interested in, whether that's undergrad or going on to graduate school. So there's a lot of different positions that you don't have to be a counselor, don't have to have a sure. master's degree in counseling to go into. So I would definitely, you know, recommend looking into those. And I can even link those programs yeah. in the show notes. And so like Rachel's saying, if that's interesting to you, but you're not 100% on getting that master's degree or going into counseling, I think that's a great option because, like you said, a lot of people and a lot of students, and I was actually one of those students when I was in college, I thought it would be so fun to work for a university just because you're, again, the energy, it's the same reason I work with college students now. I just think it's so fun. And um, so if that's you, but you really specifically want to help people and you feel, you know, called to this specific population Mm -hmm. of students, I, that's such a cool, that's such a cool niche to like look into at least and see what opportunities exist. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, perfect. Well, this is a beautiful transition. I'm not even, not even having to try over (laughs) here into how do I get there? So Rachel, if you were a young person listening to this episode thinking I either want her job or I want a job similar to hers, or I want to help people in a similar way that she does in five, 10, even 15 years, what would you say should be the best next step for them? Yeah, so I think this could be twofold. I think if you're you're like, wow, that's really interesting that she's a counselor. I want to learn more about the 
counseling side, mm-hmm. and we didn't touch too much into mm-hmm. that. Um, but I would suggest what I did was I sat down with counselors in different fields of counseling because there's mm-hmm. all different ca- types of counselors. So I met with a marriage and family therapist. I worked with, um, I met with a psychologist. I met with someone um, who was doing, um, working with trauma and um, EMDR, which is a type of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of all different areas of mm-hmm. counseling, other than I didn't meet with anyone in the in the college. In higher ed, that's okay. <laughs> college that's okay. world, <laughs> see? Um, but I sat down with them and I really picked their brain, asked them, what did they what were the challenges? What did they not enjoy about their job? Because I knew that I could find anyone who could tell me the good parts about counseling. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get to help people. You get to talk with people. You get to connect. Um, but I really wanted to understand the challenges. So that was incredibly helpful um, for me. And I felt like I knew a little bit going in, like, okay, what the challenges were going to mm-hmm. be. But then if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I really want to work at the college level or I want to work with college students or I want to work with TRIO and, you know, this this awesome population, um, my recommendation would be get involved in your college. So whether that's student organizations and planning events, um, that's a great way of showing, like, first of all, you can delegate to peers, which mm-hmm. are college students, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes can be harder than actually, you know, working at a university and delegating to, you know, other students and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I would say get involved in student organizations, obviously leadership positions, um, and then, you know, having a, an a, like a student worker role would be great, um, just understanding the the higher ed side right. um, and just kind of understanding the the environment can be really helpful on your resume. Mm-hmm. I actually included some of my undergrad experiences in my my you know um, my resume when I was looking for full time jobs, which you don't typically do. Right. Um, but that's what you know after grad school. That's really what has helped me get my foot in the door in. Um, the university setting because I had that experience in college and also through grad school. And I think, you know, that we talked about this a little bit offline before we even started talking. And you said something I thought was really interesting, which is a lot of students that know they want to go into higher ed, they get, they get those experiences, whether they're working in student affairs or, you know, the new success RA, And so they have it and it's really hard to compete with that if you don't have anything. And so I think anything that sounds interesting to you at the college level, if that's even a little bit of interest in the future, I would highly recommend doing it. You could even be giving tours on campus, helping out with admissions. Even if it was a volunteer experience, I even think that that is helpful. So I think that's great advice. And I also want to echo what you said about asking counselors, but really anyone that you're wanting to have their job or thinking about potentially having their job, ask them for the bad and really push them on it because people are obviously going to love what they do and they want to, you know, talk well and positive about what they do. And that's totally normal. But I would, to your point, really try Mm -hmm. to get the downside because there's a downside to every Every job job with like everything. Right. And so, um, I would just, I just wanted to touch on that again because I thought that was a great piece of advice. I will also link Rachel's 
LinkedIn if anyone wants to send her a message and say thanks for being on the podcast. And if you have any follow-up questions for her, um, I know she would be happy to hear from you and chat with you. Um, Absolutely. So that leads us into our final section of the podcast, which is a rapid fire. So I just have a couple questions and you have to answer within five seconds or less. All right, I'm ready. Okay, let's go. First up, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, I think at one point it was it was always a teacher, and then I realized that like the thirty to one wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> I worked at a camp, one. and it was like, nope, nope. That's I need one on one. That's amazing. I don't know why I thought you were about to say vet. I don't no. know, but no. Okay, teacher. No. I love that. What is your favorite book? Oh gosh, this stumps a lot of people. <laughs> You know, I'm so bad at, like, recalling titles. Sure. Um, but I will say what I'm reading right now is just, like, a fun novel um, called The Oxford Year. Okay. And I studied abroad in Oxford. Oh, and so awesome. I'm just, like, reliving. Reminiscing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so The Oxford Year. That's really per- filling my bucket that's right perfect. now. I love that. Um, okay, next question. What? Who is your favorite speaker? Ooh. Um... Brene Brown is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I show one of her videos um, on empathy every single semester. She's um, and I think she just breaks it down really well. She so. does. She's very succinct but powerful. Yes. She's great. I love yes. her. Okay, what is the office accessory that you cannot live without? I would say, I mean, water. Okay. Obviously, I talk a lot all yeah, day, yeah. so water. Um, but I have a I have a cordless um, mouse. Oh, and that's a big deal. It's necessary. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, more <laughs> so nerdy. It's so nerdy, but I love it, and I love that you said water. I totally agree with that. Um, morning beverage of choice. Well, you know this about me. I do not drink coffee. I and know. That just You're only baffles. Ma. Yeah, I know, really though. Um, I wish. Um, I know this sounds crazy, but I love, like, a LaCroix in the morning. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Room temp. Room temp. Okay. Yep. That's great. I learned <laughs> Some bubbles for the morning. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Now, the next question is, how do you make your coffee? But I think you're kind of a no-go. No-go. Do you drink I, tea? I do. I like a like a good, um, like, a herbal fruit tea. Yeah. Yeah. Like a passion fruit tea. Yeah. Sort of, yes. Okay. Great. Yes. Love that. Okay. And last one is, what is the number one piece of career advice you would have? Um, I think I'd go back to what I said, like really asking people what are the challenges and really understanding kind of like the downside Mm -hmm. because there is a downside to every single job. Right. There's lots of great things that people will tell you about, but I would say learn and kind of understand what you're going into. Yeah. So you can't say like, no one told me. Right. Oh, I love that. And I also think someone said this to me. I feel like it was maybe my mother, but she was like, <laughs> work at the end of the day is work. And and it's hard because a lot of there's a lot of what I would call dream job propaganda out there that's like oh. if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Listen, you can I want all of you to love your job, yes. but at the end of the day, don't think something is wrong if you feel like you're working because right. it 
it is work. And you want to okay. wake up every day and not dread going to work. And I will say, I do not dread going to work. Exactly. And I am so thankful for that. Right. But I will tell you, like, there are there are days and there are things that are challenges. Right. And that just makes the good days even better. It's so. just like school, though, in my opinion. And that's kind of what I would relate it to to my students. There are days that are so fun and you would relive over and over. And there are days that are Absolutely. hard. And you've got midterms and you've got finals. So... It's Absolutely. hard, you know? And so, anyway, I, not that anyone's asking for my career advice, <laughs> but that's but that, it goes along with that. It's like, just, you want to reveal what could be hard to see if that's something that you could handle. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that. Well, perfect. Well, like I mentioned, I'm going to link up some of the resources that Rachel has mentioned. I'm going to link her LinkedIn in the show notes. We're so grateful that you are here with us, Rachel, and we're grateful for our listeners. Um, And that is all we have for you. Thank you for um, being a part of the So What Do You Do fam, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this 9to5er, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at so what do you do dot podcast. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com and browse our career downloads and courses, get our weekly emails, find us on YouTube, and get inspired to go forth.